get into the, the word tonight. We're, we're in the series we've been doing on the church and what the church is all about, what Jesus' view of it was, because it's not always what we think it is or what we make it out to be. Sometimes we get it wrong and we screw up and we make mistakes. And we're going to do a study for seven weeks here. This is week number three on what the church is really all about. And so um, as we're getting into it tonight, like if you take out your notes and you take a look at the title, it's called Let's Spread the Word. Because if something is of utmost importance and it's really good and amazing, what do you do? You talk about it, right? Right? I mean, think about it. Anybody see any good movies lately? My kids convinced me. You ready for this one? To watch that stupid clown movie. <laughs> Not recommending it, right? My kids are like, yeah, come, take us to the movies. If my kids ask me to go to the movies with them, like I'm all in. And then I'm like, wait, wh what are we watching? Oh, it, no. But it, just think about that. So I'm actually like reverse spreading the word about it. Like that was like, I just hate clowns all the more now, right? Anybody with me? We hate those clowns. Sorry if you're a clown. Try, did you guys know that? No, did you know, I'm, I'm apologizing because, because Tate, who's on our staff, and Pastor Trevor that leads worship, his mom was a professional clown before. So that's why I have to make disclaimer, like, Auntie Rosie, I love you. Like, we love Rosie. She's an amazing cook. Uh, we won't hold it against you that you used to be a clown. Like, that's, anyways. But if something is really, really good, you talk about it. You know what happens when I go on the base to go surfing? Because I've got all my friends that take me on, sponsor me on the base to go surfing North Beaches. I run into so many people that go to Anchor Church that are living on the base, that are in the military. And what I've come to find out is without us even trying, we don't advertise, we don't do anything. Anchor Church has this really good op, uh, reputation with all the military folks on the base, like just word of mouth is bringing in so many people. People are like PCSing out to like 29 Palms or Okinawa or whatever. On their way out, they're telling those coming in, hey, go check out Anchor Church. And if something is good, we talk about it. So I'm stoked that like we're thought to be something good that people are coming, amen, praise God. But if the waves are good, my phone blows up, my friends are all like, hey, waves are good, where are we gonna go, where are we gonna go, right? Spread the word. If you discover a new restaurant or a new food, you tell everybody, right? You Yelp review it. They go, oh, five stars. It's amazing. My friend right here, Makai Bowles. I got to point him out. This is my friend Kalulu Adams. He's got a mean acai bowl truck in Kailua in the parking lot of Agnes Bakery. Quick shout out. But it's that good. You guys get what I'm saying is you got to spread the word when you know something is good or if it's just big and important. The other day, we were up here at the, uh, in the church office and we got word. One of us got word that someone had escaped from the mental hospital, the state mental hospital, right down here, right? And so we're all like, oh, oh, like there's, like, there's like vans driving up and guys are hanging out the window of the vans, like looking in the bushes everywhere. And I'm like, oh no, right? We go inside the office and like, I found like the door was locked behind and like people would, would roll up and I, would, I was getting all these texts on my phone. Like, hey, the front door's locked. There's a guy escaped from the mental hospital. Hey, let me in. Like Pastor Tom's out there. <laughs> Trevor's like, dude, let me in. There's like, right? But word gets out when something's important. It's like, you better spread the word. So today what we're going to be talking about is the church, that it's a movement that's built on one person. It's Jesus Christ, right? The very son of the living God, the one that, that came, he, he did the miraculous. He preached this message of having relationship with God and how it's possible. Then he did the unthinkable. He actually died for us, didn't have to, didn't deserve it. But he said, it's because my father who sent me for this purpose loves all of you so much, humanity so much, that he's trying to make a way back so you can have a relationship with him so you don't have to worry about going to hell. You don't have to worry about a life alone where you're getting through your problems and your mess on your own. There's a God that wants to be with you, wants to love you. Jesus came down, that was his message, right? Goes to the cross, makes a way. He resurrects from the dead, proving that like, hey, it's death that can't hold me down, your sin and shame can't hold you down. If you believe in me, then you have access, full relationship with God the Father, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit now is gonna live inside every single one of us as Christians. So there's this awesome message that's going around and Jesus resurrects, he hangs out for 40 days on earth just to show everybody, look, I really did this, it really happened. And these people start following him. Starts off with 120 of them, Soon, they're so on fire because of what they'd seen and heard. Like I said, good restaurant, good movie, whatever, good ways, you talk about it. These people can't shut up. We read last week that they were bold. They're getting threatened, and they're getting beaten, and they're getting thrown in jail, and all of this stuff, and you couldn't stop them. 
Because what they had was so good, a life change because of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in them making changes. Their old desires, their own sinful habits, all that falling away and they're just like, they're fired up, they're finding joy, they're finding peace. They're probably, they're finding all these answers to their, their questions and their problems and they just can't stop talking about it. And you guys know what this early church looks like? It was 120 people. Peter preaches one time, 3,000 mortgages. Thousands are coming to the Lord and it's this big movement, but then they were persecuted. And here's our prayer last week, right? Acts 4, 29. Remember, we all prayed this one together. Every service, we all prayed this prayer together. Some services, I did it differently. Some we stood, some we sat, whatever. But we as Christians all prayed this prayer. Now, Lord, hear their threats. Whatever's threatening us and our faith out there, causing us to want to slip away from God, hear the threats, but here's a prayer, God. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And you guys know the results when they pray that prayer is they got the boldness. But more than the boldness, they got the miracles. More than the miracles, they got amongst their own community, generosity, unity, love for each other. Like they just got lifted to the next level. And we prayed that along the lines of, if you remember last week, of God, help us to pray bigger prayers. And I hope you guys have been praying that this week. I know I have. I've been praying, here's the bigger prayer, right? The, the small prayer would be this. We talked about this last week. God, do this for me. God, make this happen in my life. Lord, bless me, protect me, fix things in my life. Here's the bigger prayer that the church prayed that we need to be praying is, God, don't just do something for me. I pray that you do something in me and through me. In other words, here's a big prayer, God. Use me to fix a problem, not just fix it for me. Because when you get involved in the game, God's looking to change you for the long run rather than just one time, okay, there, I did the blessing, the miracle for you. God's going, if I can change you and do the miracle through you, how much bigger and bolder is it gonna be? So we prayed that last week. But here's the main point is these guys weren't afraid. They weren't keeping their Christianity a secret. They were bold. They were going for it. And we need to be a little bit more like this. And now I don't wanna preach a message that's scolding to you at all. This is more to say, I think there's some really good stuff happening around our church. I think people are getting pretty bold. People are already, some of you guys are really, really bold with your faith and what you do with it. And you're putting your, your words and your prayers into action. I know this just for the fact that as of this past week, what I read, we've collected so far almost $17,000. You guys, we have just our little local church alone to give to all the folks struggling with all of the hurricanes and all the, all the disaster relief and all that, is that we just said, you know what, time to get bold, put our money where our mouth is. We can pray for them. That would be pretty cool, pretty big. God bless them. Or we can get involved and go, God, bless them by using us. Work in and through us. Let's get our money out. $17,000. Can you guys give yourselves a round of applause for that? That's big. That's awesome. Some of you guys are even bolder. Sign me up, put me on a team. I'm going down there. I want to go help serve. And some of you guys are like, we're, we're working on getting teams going as well. So that's exciting. But listen to this. This is something that's pretty exciting is we're actually sending a team this week of 29 people to Machida, which is a prefecture in Tokyo, Japan, to go to a local church and to do outreach and to bring other people to Christ. And I'm actually on that team. 29 of us are going and we're going to go light things up in Tokyo, Japan. Is that good? So what, what is that? Well, that's more of the fact that I think we are a pretty bold church. There's pretty bold stuff. By the way, there's eight of the people. If you're going, oh, I'll never go on a mission trip. That's for someone else who's more bold than me. Did you know that eight of those people are like in their 70s and 80s? Our time setters are coming along on this trip with me. And then the other ones, it's not people with a lot of money and good jobs. It's youth. It's all these kids in junior high and high school that are going. And my family gets to be a part of that and lead this team. So there's boldness happening. I think that's really good. Here's some more boldness that I know that you guys are being bold with your faith is. Last week, 35 people made decisions to follow Jesus Christ and join the movement of the church. Is that good? And four of them were in the high school service. So like something is happening that we're getting bold. But here's what I want to talk about tonight is we need to continue to be bold. How can we press in specifically in the area of spreading the word about Jesus Christ? Now there's boldness that we can say, God, use me. And that's a bold prayer. But specifically, here's what they prayed for is, Lord, give us your servants great boldness in preaching your 
word. So tonight we're going to be specifically talking about spreading the word of God. It's a big Bible word called evangelism. That just means bringing other people to Jesus. And so there's this verse that I really love, this passage in Matthew 5. This is Jesus and the famous um, Sermon on the Mount. He was on a mountaintop um, near Galilee, and there's all these crowds gathered around. And this is Jesus' longest recorded sermon um, and the greatest recorded sermon probably of anyone of all time. And Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he's basically, here's what it's all about. He's telling his followers, here's what you should look like, here's how you should live. You call yourself a Christian, here's what it means to be a Christian. So we should take note of that. You go home, maybe you want to read that tonight, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. What is Jesus saying? What does a life of a Christian look like? You're trying to find a hard place right now, like, where should I read next in my Bible? Go read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But here's what... Jesus says in regards to spreading the word, and I love the way the message translation puts it. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here, he's talking to his followers. So hey, if you're, not, if you're here tonight, you're not a Christian. You're kind of checking it out. Someone talked you into it, whatever. Kick back, relax. I'm basically preaching at those that are in the church, that are believers, and I'm basically doing something to ramp us up and rally us and if you're not in the group yet, don't feel weird, don't feel bad. Just listen to what we're supposed to be all about and maybe you'll actually wanna be a part of it too. But listen, Christians, here's what Jesus is saying to us. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. Isn't that cool? The world looks like that, but watch what we're gonna do. We're gonna bring some God into this world. God, here we go, is not a secret to be kept. Amen? That's right. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, in other words, you're holding the light in you, the light of Jesus, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you in a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, here's what he says, shine. Look, you have the light of Jesus Christ in you, and I'm putting you there for all the world to see. You're not given that light so you can just hide it. Right? And this is so unique and cool about us in this passage is we are a church that meets on a hillside overlooking the town. And I believe that there's no coincidence in that that God is saying, Anchor Church, especially you guys, because you are like that city. You are all that people group on the side of a hill. Your job is to shine bright in that community for Jesus. Amen? So I believe that's something for us specifically there. But he says this, keep open house, be generous with your lives, by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You know what I like about that? Is it doesn't sound like, go preach and go yell the scripture out on the street corner. He's just saying this, hey, just open up your lives and be generous and watch how other people are gonna come to you. They're gonna like what you have to offer. He's not saying be a super religious weirdo, preaching from the street corners, just condemning everybody, you're going to hell. He says, be the kind of Christian light bearer that's, that's relational that it comes naturally, that it's, it's just keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. So here's my point tonight, guys. Let's not be, or let's stop being, undercover Christians. Jesus is not a secret. Jesus is the solution. Yeah? Jesus is not a secret. He is the solution. He's the answer to all of life's problems. Let's not be ashamed about it. Let's not be like, well, it's kind of cool. I have it. No, we're supposed to give this light that we have away. Let's bring the God colors out in this world. Amen? Jesus is in a secret. He's the solution. So let's spread the word. So let's take a look at the early church. We're back in the book of Acts. This church is thriving. It's growing. It's like it's, people are tripping out because it's in Jerusalem. And it's actually illegal to be practicing this. And they're like, they killed Jesus over it, right? They're throwing people in jail over it. And yet this church is just like, this is amazing. We got something good here. And so they're spreading this message that Jesus is real. And so many people are flocking to it. But the religious leaders of the day, right, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the official uh, religious people that were good intentions, started off keeping the Old Testament law, started off keeping, we're going to honor God, we're going to be holy, we're going to be his, his elect people, we're going to do this, establish order. But when Jesus came along and he goes, hey, I'm the son of God, there's something better that's happening right now, they all said, no, we don't believe you, we don't want that, let's stick to old school. And so they're hung up on that, and so they don't like what's happening. So literally it says, in Acts chapter five, they got jealous of what was happening because this movement was so amazing and so strong. And so here's what they did. They threw all of the apostles, all 12 of them. Last week we read about Peter and John getting thrown in jail. This week it says all 12 of the apostles thrown in jail because they're just mad, they're trying to, punish them. Well, here's what happens. This is so cool. 
is that an angel of the Lord comes along at night in their jail and basically frees them, supernaturally opens up all their chains and everything. In the middle of the night, they're in jail. This angel comes by and he goes, no, 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 you're not gonna stop this movement that's going on. Okay, I'm letting you guys go and I want you to go straight to the temple, the most public place, and I want you to preach this message of life. That what you have, the message of Jesus, never forget Christians sitting in here in Anchor Church tonight taking notes like good little church-going Christians. Never forget that you are carrying around the message of life, the message of eternal life, the, me- the message of a life well-lived that times are hard and you still go through tough times as Christians, but now you got someone that has your back that will carry you through those times, that will give you strength and victory to overcome those times. You have the very words of life inside of you. Amen? And so he reminds them, he's, he's going, go preach this message. So they, they go preach in the temple, then they get questioned by the Jewish high council. The Jewish high council is basically all of the guys in the Jewish law, they're the lawmakers of the top uh, like priests and theologians and they study God and all this and they're basically going, hey, we're gonna question you. Didn't we just let you guys, I mean, did we put you guys in jail? How'd you get out? So here's where we pick up the story in Acts 5, 27. And I'm gonna read you kind of a long passage. So I want you to hang in there with me as we kind of figure out what the story's about and then I'm gonna give you some good words of wisdom, some nuggets that we can pull out of this text I think that God has for us tonight in regards to spreading the word. Look at verse 27. It says, then they brought the apostles before the high council where the priests confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. Isn't it interesting they won't even say the name of Jesus? They're like, man, crazy stuff's been going on when people use that name, so we're not gonna use that name. They're like, don't ever talk about the one that we shall not be mentioned, right? Isn't it sound like Harry Potter or something like that? Like, what is that, Harry Potter, right? Like, his whose name we don't talk about? I don't know, I'm not really into the Harry Potter thing, sorry. Um, I don't know where that came from. But he said, he said this. Um, we gave you strict orders. Don't ever teach in this man's name. Instead, you have all filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for his death. I think it's so cool that word is getting out so big that all of Jerusalem is like, whoa, what's going on? This, this group of people, there's miracles happening. We saw that guy, Jesus. He died. He came back. What the heck is going on? And all these people are abuzz about this. And these guys are jealous. But Peter and the apostles replied, Listen to this classic word, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Talk about boldness, they prayed for boldness. In front of all the respected leaders and elders of the church, Peter steps up and goes, what, you want us to obey God or you want us to obey you? Because we're not gonna obey you. And there's a point in all of our lives when we could use a little of that boldness because there's people in our lives sometimes that are a wrong influence and they expect or ask or influence us to live differently than what God is asking. And there's a time for us to be bold enough to say, look, who are we going to obey? We're definitely not going to obey you. We're going to obey God. And it might be tough. It might be friendships. It might be relationships. But Peter's like, man, we, we got to be bold. We got to be real about this thing. So Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. God's whole plan in this is he wants to have relationship with them. He's a God of love. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit who's given by God to those who obey him. When they heard this, the high council was furious and they decided to kill them. They're like, that's it. We threw you in jail. That's not good enough. You you guys are done. We're going to kill you. But one member, a Pharisee, named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. He goes, hey, hold on. And everybody's like, whoa, it's Gamaliel. He's the guy. He's the man. He's the smart one. He's the big, he's, oh, let's, res- let's listen to what he has to say. This is the same Gamaliel that you, le- you read later on was the one that actually schooled and trained the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul was a religious leader back in the day, a Pharisee, he was like, this is the big shot, Gamaliel. So everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, give him the mic, give him the mic. Gamaliel's all, excuse me, boys. And like, he goes, hey, apostles, wait outside, right? So they wait outside, and this is what he says. It's pretty big. He said to his colleagues, men of Israel, take care what you're planning to do to these men. Some time ago, let me just remind you guys, let me give you a quick lesson. Some time ago, there was that fellow Theodos who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him. In other words, it looks similar to like this, some kind of a rebel uh, uprising type deal. 
But listen, he was killed and all of his followers went their various ways. In fact, the whole movement came to nothing. And after him, there was this other guy at the time of the census named Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him too, but he was also killed and all of his followers were scattered. So here's my advice. Just leave these men, men alone. Let them go. Just let them go. Just like, don't worry about it. Let them go. Because if, if they're planning and doing these things merely on their own, just like those other two guys, Theodos and Judas, man, it's going to be overthrown. But if it's from God, now here comes the heavy part. If it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. And they listen because they're going, yeah, you're right. That's crazy. Because we threw those guys in jail. Somehow an angel stepped in and let them out. Whoa, we're kind of fighting against God here. And they're kind of like, whoa, they got to take notice of this. Here's a little verse to, to maybe just jot down, Romans 8, 31. It's an awesome verse that Paul teaches to the Romans. And he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And this is kind of applying right here is like, man, these guys got thrown in jail. And God goes, no, those are my boys. Let's go in. Let them out. They're coming out of here. And here's this guy, Gamaliel, with enough wisdom to say, hey, be careful. Because if it's, just let them go. And they'll either burn out and they'll get themselves killed if it's just like on their own power. But hey, if this thing really is about God and it kind of looks like it, because that jail thing, that's kind of incredible, uh, we better be careful here because we don't want to be fighting against God himself. The others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and they had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus and they let them go. Now, I just want to point out this, that the word flogged here, you might think, oh, that means beaten or whipped. It literally means skinned, like in the original Greek language. So they may have whipped them, but it's not like, a, it's not like oh, put you over my knee and spank you. This is like heavy duty, like rah, tearing flesh off their backs. Like this is like terrible. This is going to mark them for life. Like it's probably going to take them months to recover from their backs being torn open. Like this word flogged, it's not like something to be taken light. So these guys go, we better let them go, but we're just going get, to get our licks in real quick just to prove our point. So they have them flogged. And then they, it says they ordered them never to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. A little bit different from they threatened them never to speak. Now they're up in the ante and they're like, hey, we order you never ever speak in the name of Jesus again. And you'd be thinking these guys, man, they're, they're bummed, they're hurt, they're like going to run for their lives. But remember, the early church was a powerful movement of boldness. Look at what it says in verse 41. So cool. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. These guys just had their backs tore up. They probably had to have people come inside, help them walk out of there. They're bleeding. Stuff is just torn up. Muscles are exposed. Their spine is, like, it's crazy. And you know what these guys are? They're all like, oh, oh, my back. They're like, yeah, yeah, we stood up for God. Oh, that's so good. And you know what? The rest of our lives, we're going to have these scars back there. And that's going to be so awesome that we're going to have these beautiful scars. Can you imagine these guys, every time they go swimming or something in the river and they take their robe, the shirts off, and they're like, oh, and people are like, what is that from? And can you imagine the pride that just welled up the love of God that would come inside the, that's, that's my marks of honor right there. That's when I got licked for the sake of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I wear those things proudly. You know what? I'm wearing tank top every day from here on out. You know, maybe even no shirt because I'm walking backwards. Good look, guys. Right? They were like, they're blessed. They're, they're rejoicing. You couldn't shut these guys up because they knew what they stood for. And here's our problem in today's day and age. None of us in Hawaii, in America, are going to face flogging over preaching the name of Jesus. And yet, we still have so many excuses why we don't do it, right? Let's be honest. Like, we, we want to profess God. We want to preach for him. Like, myself, too. I'm, I look at this. I'm like, I got nothing like that, right? And we make all these excuses. So I want to talk a little bit about that right now. I want to talk about some of the excuses that you and I make. And I want to give you a little bit of a rebuttal for each of those excuses. Because if these guys can take risking them dying, getting flogged, getting beaten, getting ordered, by authorities to say, don't do it anymore. And yet these guys started this worldwide movement that has trickled all the way down to us in the 20th century here today that we're followers of this because of that. Then there's something we need to learn from them. So let's talk a little bit about our excuses. And I want to, and, and you guys can maybe take notes. So we're going to put these on the screen. How to kill your excuses. 
because you and I have all these excuses. Now, I'm just going to talk about a few, and here's one that's very popular that we all have, is fear of rejection. How many of you guys would say you're a little bit scared and intimidated sometimes to share about Jesus, invite people to church? Come on, be honest, be real. Be real, right? Don't make like, like, oh, no, I'm never afraid. Okay, well, how many people did you bring with you to church tonight? How many people are you bringing every single week, right? We all have it. We're like, oh, yeah, no, like, there's time, like, I know that my friends, they, they, they're not Christian and like, am I, it's a little scary. And what if they make fun of me? Like, you know, what if like they reject what's going on? Now, here is the truth I want you to write down or better yet, I'm going to put all these up here. Easy cheat way. Just take your phone out and take a picture of it and you can go home and study it, okay? I'm just encouraging, encouraging that in, in, in church tonight. Here's the rebuttal to that is that God's got your back. You have fear of rejection. Oh, I'm scared. What if I get flogged? Really? Come on. No, what if someone makes fun of me? Hey, God's got your back. Um, no pun intended for those that were flogged on the back. Just saying. God's got your back. God is with you. How does God prove it in this case? Well, listen to this. They're preaching God's word and spreading the word and talking about Jesus. Get thrown in jail and God goes, mm, I got your back. Angel, get down there. Let him go. Whoa, God's got their back. Now go preach in the temple. Okay, God told them to go preach in the temple. Well, what happens? They get arrested, threatened. Oh no, what's gonna happen? God says this, I got your back. Uh, Gamaliel, come, come down here. Would you have a word to say with these guys, please? Would you convince them that they don't wanna fight against me? Gamaliel says his deal. And then, well, uh, we're just gonna flog you and let you go, right? Here's the deal is God had their back and you need to know this, is that God's gonna have your back if you open your mouth about Jesus Christ. Now, I can't guarantee it every time, but there's, God has his reasons, right? So I'm not saying this is guaranteed, but there's incredible times that I know I've spoken up and I'm scared. And I'm like, how's this gonna go, God? But God steps in and something happens. There's a story that I heard from Pastor Tammy. And I, I wanna make sure I tell it right. Is that you back there, Tammy? Yeah, you're right back there. So she was at the, um, I believe she was at the Showers of Hope event and someone brought a friend along that didn't speak real good English. Is this right? Am I kind of saying the story right? I hope I don't kill the story. You get the gist of it. But she, they brought someone along and they said, hey, this is our friend. She doesn't speak uh, a lot of English, but she speaks Russian really good. And they said this, Pastor Tammy, can you tell her about Jesus and like maybe pray for her to become a Christian right now? And Tammy's like, what? Like she told me that she's like, what, wait, right now? Like I just like, like say the whole thing and she doesn't speak good English and I don't speak Russian and like, oh my gosh, super intimidating, fear of rejection. What if it doesn't work? What if the girl doesn't want to hear it? And someone else, this is, hopefully I'm not butchering the story. The gist of it is someone else, another lady came by and goes, hey, I speak Russian. Why don't I be your translator? And so Pastor Tammy then gives a gospel message to this girl and the other girl or woman that's there translate the whole thing so she gets it. And guess what? She leads her to Jesus Christ. She prays with her right there, becomes a Christian. Now, this is the, that's awesome. But here's the cool thing about it is the, the girl that translated, um, and I, I honestly, I don't, I'm not even sure who you are. You might even be here tonight in the service. Is it you? Am I getting the story right? Okay, you were the one that translated it? That's awesome, okay. Here's, here's what I thought was cool is that, that I heard that you said to Lisa or to Tammy or someone and said, hey, that was really neat that you put me at the same table as a girl that spoke Russian or something, right? Someone, is that true? No? No, that's what I mean. But somebody said like, hey, that was cool that, that we put them there. And then someone said, no, we didn't put you there. We had no idea you spoke Russian. It just so happened that God put you there, right? Like, that's what you just said. It was a God thing that you were there to translate and help lead someone to Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? Here, now, here's my point. We're scared. And God's just saying, step out in faith. I got your back. I'm going to help you out. I promise you that it's not going to go as bad as you think it's going to go. Here's our second excuse that we need to deal with is sometimes we feel like a hypocrite. In other words, how many of you have ever, ever felt like this? I want to invite someone to church and tell them about Jesus and tell them I'm a Christian, but I'm not that good of a Christian. Anybody feel like that in here, right? We just feel like, oh, I don't want them to think I'm a hypocrite. Like I'm inviting them and telling them about Jesus, but like I'm still kind of walking it out my own. You know, I'm rough around the edges. I got my own like stuff in the closet. I'm trying to like work on and stuff like that. So there's an excuse. I don't want to say anything. Because I feel like a hypocrite. Well, here's what I want you to write down or take a picture of if you want to. As a rebuttal, the truth is this. God's not looking for perfect people, just obedient. God's not looking for perfection. He's just looking for obedience. God specifically likes to use, there's a point, place in scripture where it says God uses the foolish and the weak to confound the wise. 
Like the wise come in and like, oh, so you're this perfect Christian or whatever. You're going to tell me about Jesus? No, I'm foolish and I'm weak and I don't know what I'm doing, but God is amazing. And when I'm weak, he's strong. So boom, there you go, right? God perfectly, uh, uh, specifically is not looking for perfect people, just obedient people. Like his grace covers us. So here's what I'm saying is the next time you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Well, how many of you in this room have ever felt like you're not good enough? Anybody in here? right? Look around, you're in good company. And this is the house of God. Amen? That God likes to use people like that because it makes him look better. (laughs) As messed up as we are, it shows how amazing he looks and his power works in our lives and his grace covers all of us. We're a work in progress. So the next time you're worried like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough Christian. Just be yourself. Be normal because other people can relate to normal. Does that make sense? Like, you don't have to be someone special. You don't have to have all the answers because you know the one that does, right? So I don't have to know it all. I just talk to him about it, and he'll explain it to you. So don't worry about that. So many times I feel like this. God, how did I get to be a pastor at Anchor Church? Like, that's pretty weird, God. Like, we're doing pretty good things. People are getting saved. Their lives are, are changing. I'm a part of a really cool movement. It's awesome. We've started another campus. We want to start more. We want to do things in the world. We're trying to do all this stuff in the community. This is amazing. And then I just go like this. Wait, God, I'm just a dumb kid from Kailua. Like, when did this happen? Like, how did you, how did you do this, right? Anybody ever feel like that? But listen, if he can do something with me, he can do something with you. So you don't have to feel like you have all the answers and you have it all together. I'm not a perfect Christian. I'm still, I still swear. I still smoke. I still, that's cool. Just be obedient to what God is asking of you. Amen? Amen. Here's a third excuse that we make is we feel uneducated. Here's a different one. One thing is about like my actions. I'm not perfectly there. What about this one? I feel uneducated. I don't know enough about the Bible. Who's ever had that one right there? I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know what to say to these people. Well, here is my rebuttal to that one is, your changed life speaks louder than words. Your changed life speaks louder than words. Remember that we looked at an earlier chapter of Acts and it says that the people were blown away. They were amazed because they saw Peter and John and they go, wait a minute, we recognize that these are ordinary, unschooled men. They're like fishermen. How are they speaking all this and preaching in the name of Jesus? And they said, we recognize that they're just ordinary unschooled men, but they also recognize that these are men that had been with Jesus, right? And that they were able to do these miracles and teach incredibly is that you don't have to be fully educated. You have to know all of the answers, but do this. Live in such a way that people can recognize that you've been with Jesus. Because if they see the change in your life, They're in. They don't need to hear all the Bible. They'll get the Bible, but you know what's going to affect them more? I was a youth pastor for so many years, and I saw this time and time again. We had incredible youth ministry going on. Kids' lives were changing. Teenagers, right? Teenagers that were selfish and grumpy and, you know, whatever. And they're suddenly coming home, and they're like, oh, we love God, so God says I got to honor you, Mom, so I'm going to do the dishes. And, you know, I want to invite you guys to come church with me because Jesus can change your life too. We had all these parents coming to us and going, what are you doing with my kid over there? How do we jump into this church? Because something good is happening with my kid and their life has changed. And what time do you guys meet on Sundays? Do you understand the impact? You don't have to know the Bible. Keep reading it. Keep learning it. It helps you to give the right answers. But where you're at, don't be intimidated to just show, look, here's who Jesus is in my life. Now, that's, that's proof in itself. Your life speaks louder than words. And here's another excuse that we have is, I hear this one a lot. I'm busy with my own life. Well, here's a rebuttal to that one. Remember what it's like to live without hope. I'm so busy with my own life, my phone, my job, my kids. Like, I, I don't even, I don't have time. I, I, it's not even, there's no urgency. It doesn't cross my head that I need to share Jesus with other people. I know I should, but my, my life is so busy. Remind yourself what it's like to live without hope. Remember that there's people out there in this world that you work with, that you go to school with, that are, live on your street, that live next door to you in your house, that are people in your own family that don't know what it's like to be able to pray to a mighty living God because they have no relationship with him. They don't know what it's like to find peace and to find answers because they haven't been introduced to the Bible yet. They don't know the power of the Holy Spirit that, that could potentially be living in them. Remember that there's a world out there that is lost and confused and they They don't even know it. So the next time we say, oh, I'm so busy, just remind yourself what it was like before you found Jesus, before you had hope in your life, and put yourself in their situation. And then look at what it says in verse 42. 
as the apostles came out of there, they're rejoicing, they're telling everybody, no excuses, they're just like bold with, with the message. It says in verse 42, the very next verse, every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and to preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. I think that's so cool is that they just said, you know what, we got flogged, we don't even care. We're telling everybody, every place, everywhere. In the big temple gatherings, in our houses, wherever we go, it doesn't matter. We're just telling them that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one. See, I think we need to get that fire burning in our hearts again, Christians, that says this. It's all about Jesus. I just got to tell people about Jesus. Listen, it's not even about Anchor Church. Like, I could care less if you come to Anchor Church. If you come to Anchor Church, you find Jesus and you go, oh, this is not my style. I'm going to go to another church. That's awesome. Here's all I want. All I want is for you to find Jesus, right? It says they preach the message of Jesus, not the message of the church, the people, the program, the institution. Is that we need to be a people like that. Because how many of you guys on the regular every day for, or every week for groceries, you shop at Safeway? Who's Safeway people in here? Come on, Safeway grocery shoppers, they always got Red Bull on sale, so I'm always at Safeway. Safeway's good. How many of you guys are Foodland? Come on, Poke Bowls, you know Foodland has the best right there. Times? Times? Anybody? Longs? Anybody do the Longs thing? Yeah, CVS or whatever it's called. How about the, the Hawaii's favorite? Costco. Yeah, Costco. How about any of you that are running late, disorganized in life? 7-Eleven. Yeah, 7-Eleven. But here's <laughs> Target, Target, Whole Foods. Oh, you guys are rich, huh? Whole Foods. Here's, here's, here's what you got to know about all that. Doesn't matter where you shop, so long as you're getting food and you're getting fed, amen? So here's the deal. These apostles said, oh, we don't even care where they go, what they do. They just got to know Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Like, here's my, my, uh, my plea to the world. And if you come to Anchor Church, I don't care if you come to Anchor Church or not. I just want to make sure you get to Jesus. So you come here and you're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I found Jesus, but you guys aren't my style. Like, I prefer, like, pipe organs and stuff like that, then awesome, I'll recommend you to another church, because I'm not trying to build necessarily this church, I'm trying to build his church, you guys know what I'm saying, and I love what the apostle said is, they couldn't help themselves everywhere they went, talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the answer, it's all about Jesus, we need to get that fire in us again, there's this quote from Charles Spurgeon, this, this early uh, 18th century uh, theologian, speaker, author, pastor, he says, now I charge every Christian here to be speaking boldly in Christ's name, according as he has opportunity. Hey, look for those opportunities and jump on them, speak boldly. And especially to take care of the tendency of our flesh to be afraid, which leads practically to endeavors to get off easily and to save ourselves from trouble. Fear not, be brave for Christ, live bravely for him who died lovingly for you. Here's his messages, speak bold and look for opportunities to do so. And I want to give you a couple of those things really quickly um, on the next slide is look for opportunities to spread the word. Here's some easy first baby steps if you're going, yep, Pastor Carl, I want to be bold. How do I do it? Here's some first steps real quickly. Here's one thing. Do what's right when it's not easy. Hey, when everybody else is dropping the dirty jokes and talking about the parties and the stuff, you don't have to be a part of that. It doesn't mean you get all crazy and religious and wag your tongue and your fingers at people, but you just kind of know when like, uh, you know what? I'm going to do what's right, and I'm going to talk about some better stuff and maybe work my way out of that conversation. Sometimes it's just those little things that are bold. There's times in my life when I've been called church boy, right? Simply because I'm like, look, I'm doing what's right, and doing what's right isn't always what's easy. I'm just going to stand for God, and here's what happens. All the guys that call me church boy, church boy, church boy, something's going on in their life. They're like, uh, so I'm kind of dealing with this thing. Um, what time do you guys meet again on the weekend, Right? And hey, if you if you're, ever think about it, um, could you say a prayer for me, right? The same guys that are saying all of that, simply because I'm just trying to do what's right, it's not necessarily what's easy. Here's another simple way. Pray in the moment. Pray in the moment, what does that mean? We talked about this the other week. Just be personal and be powerful. Listen, if someone comes alongside and they're going through something rough and they're right in front of you, right there, and you know that you believe in a God that answers prayers, why wait? <laughs> why not ask right then and right there? Because you're going to touch someone's heart that you would take the time out of your schedule right then and there to love them enough to lay hand on them. I ask them first too because sometimes it's shocking, right? Hey, man, whoa, what are you doing? 
Is it okay if I lay hands on you? The Bible says it's just a sign of support, and I just want you to know that I got your back on this. Let me just pray for you right here and right now. You'd be so amazed at how many times tears instantly start coming out of people simply because this guy cares about me enough to ask for God's power in my life right here, right now, in the mall, in the parking lot, at the beach, wherever it's at. But here's a way to be bold. Pray in the moment. Here's a third one. Apologize, thank, encourage, and compliment quickly. Here's what I believe. There's power in what you say, but there's also power in what you don't say. Be someone that is quick to be positive and to speak life. In James, book of James, it says the tongue has the power to speak life or death. Be someone that's a representative of Christ that speaks life into people. You're always thanking them. You're always complimenting them. You're always just building them up, encouraging them. Apologize, thank, and encourage and compliment quickly. Here's another one. Speak when you don't feel like it. When you don't feel like it, when you're busy, when you're doing something and an opportunity presents itself, you shake yourself out of your selfish mode and you jump on that opportunity. I've been, there's been times before that like I'm shopping in Safeway, like in the Red Bull aisle, literally. Like, oh, right now it's on sale again, yeah. And someone comes by and they're like, hey mom, there's a pastor guy. And I'm like, I hear it, right? And I was like, oh, no, no I'm just trying to shop. I don't, God, I'm not on the clock right now, God, right? And I hear it, oh, there's a pastor guy. And I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but you know what I do? I take that opportunity to speak. What did I say over there? Speak when you don't feel like it. I don't feel like it right there. So I'm gonna get my food and get out of there. But instead, there's an opportunity. The guy just presented itself. I gotta say something. Hey, how's it going? Do you, have you guys been to our church before? Oh, no. I start a conversation with him, right? Right inside Safeway, whatever. But speak even when you don't feel like it. Give, the next one, give when you don't have to. Remember that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Look for the need, give a ride, treat someone to dinner, like just hook someone up with something that they need. Even if you don't have to, they're not gonna give you anything in return. They didn't even ask for it. You see a need, Jesus is the kind of man that says, you see the need, you fill it. Give them something, be generous, represent me well, because I came to serve, not to be served. So represent me well, be bold in giving. Here's another one, forgive when they don't deserve it. Because forgiveness sets you free. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're innocent. It just sets you free from the negativity and carrying around the load and the burden. Get better, not bitter, right? It just be quick to forgive and say, like, I forgive you for that. Now, listen, guys, very soberly, seriously, I'm telling you this. Forgiveness doesn't equal a new relationship. That trust has to be earned, okay? So I'm gonna say that very clearly is too many pastors and people preach that you forgive someone and you're best friends again. That's not the case. The first step is you get free of all the junk and the animosity and the bitterness and like, man, they hurt me. And in fact, they continue to hurt me so I can't get too close to them because I don't trust them. We, don't, we have to build that. But for me, for right now, for what's already happened, I can forgive them because I don't want to carry the junk around anymore. They're still a bad person, but I'm going to be set free living in the light of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I just want to say that because I don't want you to think like, like oh, I got to forgive and now I'm going to be the best. Nah, some people don't deserve it. But for what they've already done, just walk away from that. God will heal in time, and, but, but forgive when they don't deserve it. That's bold. Here's the last one I got for you is invite when you don't need to. Too many of us were like this. Come to church and see our non-Christian friends. We're like, ah, I got enough friends. My connect group is big enough as it is right now. Like, I don't got no room for anybody else. There's not a seat in my living room on the couch, so I'm good, you know? Like, I just don't. It's be bold enough to invite even though you don't need to. Uh, your group might be full, but they don't have a group at all. Do it for them. Don't do it for you. Oh, I got enough friends. If I, if I invite this guy to come to the barbecue, it's going to be a weird dynamic. We all know each other. He's super awkward. It's like going to be like strange. We're not talking about our own security and safety. We're trying to pray bigger, bolder prayers that say, God, help me spread the word. I'm going to bring that guy in. and we're gonna, It's going to get awkward. We don't care because that guy needs Jesus. Amen? Remember this, if, you, if you're taking note, take a picture of that, by the way, but remember this, is that you're part of the movement because someone was bold enough to spread the news to you. Someone was bold enough to pray for you. Someone was bold enough to share their story with you. Someone was bold enough to invite you to a church somewhere, maybe this church, somewhere along the line. Someone gave you a Bible and you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to read this book. Someone gave you a Christian music CD. Who, what is this? With you, Trevor Fergie. I don't even know this guy. Like, I, I listen to Taylor Swift. Like, what is this, you know? Somebody invested and took the time to be bold enough to step into your life and to lead you to Jesus, and you're part of the movement today because of it. You be that guy. You be that girl. Go out there and spread the news. I want to end with this. 
Really quick story. I went kind of late already. I'm sorry about that, guys. Let me show you guys a picture. Anybody recognize what this picture is of? Anybody? You ever been there? You guys know what that is? It's Omega Station, right? You guys have been there? You hike, it's on the way up to Stairway to Heaven. It doesn't look like that now. It's got all kind of graffiti on it. This is a few years ago. But this is the Omega Station. It's right up on the hillside, like a mile and mile and a half or something away. Where are we? The mountain is like here. It's like right over, it's right over here. And the Omega Station, let me tell you about the Omega Station. What is it? Well, it's one of eight stations around the world that was active from 1971 to 1977, was placed in different strategic locations around the world, China, Australia, these different places. And it was used for radio signals to like triangulate signals so that aircraft and ships could navigate and get through the waters or the air so that they could have their positioning. It all went away when global positioning came in. The, the, the global, what is it? Global GPS, global positioning system. When GPS was invented, which we all have on our phones nowadays, the whole radio signal thing went away. We don't need to, to use this thing anymore. But originally, right over on our hillside, there was this that was intended to be something to help people navigate ships and sailors and pilots and all this stuff. Now, here's the interesting thing. Show the next picture is right on the other side of the mountain, just around the bend, is Anchor Church. And we're on the actual same hillside. They were on the same hillside. And this is what's really cool is the movement that meets here at Anchor Church, this people group uh, gathered together. Remember Ecclesia, a gathering of, of people created for one purpose, that we are also called to help people navigate their lives. And I think it's so cool that the verse we read earlier that says, we are called to be like that Omega station, like a city that is shining bright on a hill and giving light for everybody else to see. And that the next time you ever think or hike up to Omega Station, realize that God has created us to be that type of a movement of people that we're here to help navigate people's lives and to give them hope in Jesus Christ. And our job is to be reminded like every single day to not be undercover Christians, we remind ourselves that we're not gonna take a flogging, right? Let's kill all the excuses. Jesus isn't a secret. He's the solution in, in life. And it's our job to spread the news. Is that a good word for you guys tonight? Let's bow our heads, let's pray. Lord, uh, I ask that you tonight, Father God, would just continue to stir up the boldness within us, Lord. Stir up a desire for us to get out there, to get out of our comfort zone, the safety, protected areas of our lives. Lord, and to realize that you got our back and that we're called upon to in any way, shape, or form be bold to love on people, to give opportunities, to forgive, to invite. Lord, anything we can do wherever we go, in the big temple, in the house to house, Lord, at our jobs, at the playgrounds, at the schools, like wherever, God, that we're called upon to be ready in season and out to give a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would make us active as a church. Lord, and it's not even about getting everybody to anchor church. It's about getting them to your church, your movement. It's about introducing people to Jesus Christ. However we do that, that's what you're asking of us. Lord, help us to stir up that spirit within us. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you overflow inside of us that we can't shut up about you? That we would have to share because what we have is so good. It's so big. It's so important. It's so amazing. We got to tell somebody. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you've done in our lives and we want other people to know. And I want to pray right now, if maybe you came tonight and you're not a Christian yet, you're coming to check out this church and, and you're just kind of tripping on what we're talking about here tonight, that this is a room full of people, that it is a movement, that we've found something so good. We found out that Jesus isn't just this religious thing. He really was the son of God. He really did come to this earth. He really did do all the miracles and the signs and wonders. He really did die on a cross and come back from the dead to prove a point. And that was to give us a way to have relationship with God again. Is it in our own sin and our separation and our own wanting to go our own way, we've walked away from God. And Jesus was the way for us to come back into that relationship. That he would be with us here on earth in our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't see him, but we can feel him. It's like the wind. The wind is real. You can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. And that's the Holy Spirit and that's Jesus' power in our lives and that not only that, but we get to be with him forever in all of eternity. We don't fear death anymore. This is a room full of people that are not afraid to die. Lord, that we know where we're going for all of eternity. But if you're someone here tonight that you're interested in what you hear and you're ready maybe to make a change in your life, 
And you want to start following Jesus too. You want to be a part of the movement. You want to see what he could do to love you, to forgive you, to give you new hope, to not judge you, to not condemn you, to not make you feel like a sinner, but to make you feel like someone who is saved and set free and has a new lease on eternity. If that's you here tonight, I want to lead you in a prayer. Simple prayer. All of us in the room, we've done it at one time or another in our lives. Simple prayer that just says yes to God and no to the way of life that we were living on our own. But we were going to say yes to God's plans and purposes and then he moves into our lives. We move into his family and we're eternally in relationship with him and life just gets better and better. And if that's you tonight, you like what you hear, you want to become a Christian, you want to say this prayer with me, we're going to pray in a minute here and this is how we're going to do it. I'll lead you in a prayer. I'll pray it out loud. I'm not going to make you pray it out loud in, in a room full of all these people because I believe it starts in the heart. Now, after service, if you pray this prayer, you can go let someone know, maybe someone that brought you or prayed for you to be here tonight, you can tell them, hey, I prayed that prayer. But first step, we gotta take care of the heart so God's concerned with. And if you, in the depth of your heart right now, wanna say a prayer to follow Jesus Christ and to see what God has for you in this lifetime and in eternity, and you wanna pray this prayer with me, before we pray that prayer together, I'm gonna ask you one thing. Everybody's eyes are closed and their heads are bowed. If you wanna say this prayer with me right now, I'm gonna ask you to do one simple thing. Would you just lift your hand right now and say, Pastor Carl, I want to pray this prayer right now. I'm not ashamed. I want to pray this. I need some help in my life. Good. I see you right there, sir. Could you keep your hands up? Because I just want to acknowledge you. I see you. I see you. I see about three in the same row. I see someone right back there. Praise God. I see you, man. I see you back there. I see you, sir. Unreal. Just keep on. Keep them up. I just want to look around. Good. I see you, ma'am, over there. I see you over here in the front. Praise God. Anybody I didn't see, just kind of wave at me. And look, if you're in the family room or you're in the courtyard, somebody is acknowledging, somebody sees you, somebody knows that you're back there. And bigger than that, God sees you. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down right now. Would you make this the prayer of your heart right now? I'm gonna pray it out loud. You just make this the prayer of your heart right now to God, not to anybody else, you and God. Here we go. God, I'm here tonight and I realize that, that you're real. And Lord, I've heard about you. Maybe I've, I've been around church before. I read my Bible, but Lord, tonight's the night. I'm all in. Lord, I like what I hear, and I want, I want to know that I'm safe and I'm secure in your arms. I want to know that you believe in me and that you forgive me of all the things I've ever done wrong and ever will do wrong. But Lord, if I put my hope and my faith and trust in you and what you did at the cross and then rising again the third day, overcoming death itself and sin for me, Lord, I believe in that, and if I accept that from here on out, I know that I'm saved and I'm in your family, your church, your movement. So God, here I am. Here's my heart wide open. I'm praying to you right now. I know you hear me. God, I want to follow you. Lord, I don't want to live the way I was living in my life anymore. From here on out, you're my king. You're my God. You're the Lord of my life. You're my savior. You're my best friend. And Lord, I'll follow you all of my days. I want to get a Bible and start reading it to know more about you. Keep coming to church, this church or any good church that preaches about the message of Jesus Christ straight out of the Bible. Lord, I just ask that you would, you would do a new work in me. Let me be a new creation through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I promise to get water baptized just as a way to show the world that I, I'm yours now. I'm dying to my old self and I'm, I'm being born again a new creation. Lord, whatever it is that you have for me, the answer from the bottom of my heart right now is yes. Yes, I will follow you. Thank you for being my God from this moment forward all the way into eternity. I look forward to what you're going to do in my life. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. Let's praise God for those people that prayed with us. Amen.